0: Hello, everyone, and
1: welcome and to Let's Talk night. Torah. I and am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson with New Radio Media, and, and we'll spend the next hour talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. If you'd like to contact the show, call us at 844 999 9249. That's 844 999 9249, or you can email us at Let's Talk Torah, no apostrophes, Let's Talk Torah at gmail.com. So lots of things happening, weather getting colder, threats of snowstorms, but as always, it is nice and toasty warm in the studio. Very toasty warm in the studio. But it's even warmer for other good reasons. I have a special guest here today, Sandy Rosen, board member on many charitable organizations, which we'll talk about. Sandy, how are you today?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks, Rabbi. How are you?
1: I am fantastic, and as I said, nice and toasty warm. But, you know, it's better than being outside without a coat. That's right. So it's all good. And we'll uh, talk—today we're going to talk with Sandy. He's going to help me in the show. He's going to hopefully give me a hard time on stuff. We'll find out.
2: I'll do my best.
1: Excellent. We'll talk about uh, this week's Torah portion. We have the birth of Jacob. We have uh, Jacob and Asav will fight. We're going to talk about that. Um, Isaac and the Wells— We'll try to get there, um, maybe even some other stuff. But first things first, today is a very important day, and I didn't know that till this afternoon because t- my coffee mug, which of course has water, but today is actually National Cappuccino Day.
2: Did you know that? I had no idea until you just told me.
1: Well, that's because you probably don't order coffee online.
2: That's correct. See, when you
1: order coffee online, they inform you of all the special days that you should be buying more coffee. Indeed. Very important. Very, very important day. So I thought that was important. But
2: they should be giving it away at Starbucks or something. I mean, usually when there's a celebration like that, there should be some kind of promotion, right? Right. And I I paid full price for my coffee today. And you paid
1: full price for your coffee. See, I'm actually more snobbish with my coffee. I have my own espresso machine at home. And every morning I put in my capsules and and I make my coffee. And I, I actually started discovering putting the coffee in the fridge. All good stuff. As long as I get my morning coffee, I'm good to go. But let's let's let everybody find out who is Sandy Rosen. Who are you?
2: I'm trying to figure that out myself. So uh, I don't know where to start. Uh, just give me the hook when you're ready. I, um, I'm uh, born and raised in Mount Clemens, in east sider from the Detroit area. Uh, I'm, uh, I, I grew up, I attended Wayne State University and Michigan State University, and, uh, and I uh, joined my family's recycling business in 1985, and I've been doing scrap metal, paper, and plastic recycling since then. And I'm uh, married. I married 31 years, Kanina Hora, and I have three uh, children in their 20s, all in graduate school, and, uh, and I'm a busy guy.
1: So you, you're from Mount Clemens. That's there, right. There's a few. My doctor, one of my doctors from Mount Clemens. Um, Mount Clemens is actually very famous. Their synagogue is very famous. Do you know why?
2: Uh, why the synagogue is famous yeah. because of the lawsuit over the Mechitza is that yeah, what you're going to say okay. very yeah. good
1: yeah there's there's a few people I know in town from Mount Clemens it's funny um, whatever a Margo I don't know if you know her last name if you know the name Margo you know who she is as right. a, and Alan Schwartz there's uh, yep. different guys all their families grew up in Mount Clemens right so uh, how long ago was that lawsuit I don't even remember in the um, 70s yeah
2: it would have been in uh, it would have been in the mid 70s the um it came up when the uh, the city took over the land that the synagogue was sitting on, and the synagogue had to be relocated to a new site. And the question came up whether or not there would be a machitza in the new synagogue. And that synagogue was opened in 1977, I know, because my bar mitzvah was the first bar mitzvah in the new synagogue.
1: Cool. So for those who don't know, a, a mechitza is a partition. In an Orthodox synagogue, the men will sit on one side, the women will sit on the other side— um, when there's no mechitza, so then families sit together, conservative, reform, they have the family sitting together, orthodox, they sit separate. So it, to my, my recollection, it was a really a big court case. I mean, this went up, I don't know how far it went up. It wasn't just local courts. It, it certainly went to a Supreme Court. I don't think it went to, the net, to, to, to Washington. But it may have gone to a Michigan Supreme Court. Do you, do you I was a child,
2: so I don't really I don't know that much detail about it. I just know that it existed.
1: It seems that in the in the in the synagogue charter or their bylaws, in the bylaws, it said that there must be this partition down the middle, and um, and uh, so when somebody wants to change the rules, so you can make a new synagogue, no one can stop you. But if, if we're still under the old bylaws, even if there's not too many people that care, that was the interesting thing.
2: Right. There it's were, a very small congregation.
1: Yeah, there weren't too many people who cared. But those older people that cared said, we have uh, we have our, our bylaws. Yeah, very famous. I mean, it's a thick book. I tried to read it. Very boring. <laughs> but um, interesting. Did you ever wonder, by the way, now that we're sitting here and you said Mount Clemens, I didn't say it. Um, do you ever wonder what the purpose of that partition—why do we want men—and in an Orthodox synagogue, why do you think they want the men separated from the women for prayers?
2: It would seem to me it's a matter of focus uh, so that people could remain focused on the task at hand of, of worshiping and not be distracted by, you know, the, uh, women. the opposite sex.
1: See? Yeah, by the women. That's an excellent answer. Um, one of the reasons is, yeah, it's very— It was just a
2: guess, by the way.
1: Well, it's an educated, educated guess.
2: guess. Okay, well, a we'll, very, we'll, we'll a very compromise good that. Guess.
1: But one answer is that, yes, that if, if the men are, are by themselves, the women by themselves, then everyone will concentrate and focus. Somebody once told me a different answer, very fascinating. Um, in, in a normal, I, say, I hate the word normal, I tell you the word normal, someone gets nervous. But in, in your regular family setting, it is, and again, this should come out the right way, but it's it's understood that the father feels the responsibility to take care, to protect family, wife, children. And the same thing, by the way, the wife and children generally, again, we hate using generalities, but generally the wife and children are the ones that feel my father is here and protected, which is interesting. Um, in the Torah, there's a lot of rules and regulations on how to treat a widow, an orphan, and widows and orphans are only when the father dies. As there's no special verse, if the mother dies, be nicer to the father, or even the children, by the way. Why?
2: Because they because, still have that protection. Ah,
1: they have the protection. So, and we'll take it a step further. So the verse says that God says, you better be nice to the widow and to the orphan, because when they cry to me, I'm going to listen. Why are they better than anybody else?
2: Because they need... The additional attention? I mean, they, simply stay they They're stated, vulnerable.
1: They're vulnerable, but as an interesting, a different idea, and I'll lead right into the answer to this question. When when a child needs something, so really, really, yeah, God will take care of me, but if I have a problem and someone's starting over with me in school, I'm going to my father. Right. He tripped me. He pushed me. Please go take care of me. So even though we pray and God takes care of us, but if I have a father— At the end of the day, I want my father. I go home and I say, Dad, this kid did something to me. Help me. The orphan and widow doesn't have that father. So when they pray to God and say, God, take care of me, they really understand there is no father to go to. So the kid who tripped me in school, I'm going to God and say, God, you got to help me. No father. So you are my father. So God says, that's a real prayer because you're only relying on me. So God says, well, then automatically it's a better prayer and a bad idea to start up with the orphan. Oh, yeah. So now let's take it a step further. So now if there's a partition, so women on their side, men on their side, so the women don't feel that— uh, when I'm praying, when I'm a, a a woman in shul and I'm praying, I don't think my husband's really going to take care of me. No, here I am all alone. That's my focus. So if I'm alone, it's it's more of a real prayer. Well, if the women and children are all sitting next to the father, so, yeah, we're here praying and we need God to take care of us. But if I need something on the way home, right, I'm telling my father what I need. Right. Even though he just prayed. So it's just a fascinating
2: right. thought where that so takes they, us. They, Kind of create a, a certain vulnerability when they're in the when they're in the Beit Knesset, right? So they can, that so that they can com- connect with God more thoroughly. Is that yeah? That's that, exactly the idea? Okay.
1: exactly the point I wanted, right? When again, I, I'm not telling everyone I would love to. I am not telling everyone when you go to synagogue this Sabbath, uh, conservative reform, and say you know this is a bad idea. We should put a partition back down. I won't complain if you say such a thing, but certainly that's not what I'm. Uh, trying to tell you, but I'm trying to explain to you reasons why there's good reasons for a partition down the middle if it's evenly spaced out. And of course, that didn't help what do you do with the children who are hanging out with the parents, but again, they're kids. How much are they uh, praying anyways? We're talking about the adults, because my children also like to come sometimes if there's a candy man there uh-huh. and if there's an ice room upstairs for them to play. I mean, come on, they're kids. Of course. Right. Who, who are we fooling? Okay. So, now that we said hello, and we'll continue to say hello. So, I wanted to ask you. I know you're involved in uh, on numerous boards. You're with um, Yad Ezra. You're with Aish. You're with Adat Shalom. Let's, uh, but before we get into exactly the different boards, if we have time for it, what does a board member of a charitable organization?
2: Well, I guess it varies from organization to organization, but I think it's uh, more of a matter, it's a, a combination of things, um, you know, uh, ideas. Uh, come better from groups sometimes than from one person. And, uh, and the leader of the organization sometimes needs a sounding board. And so in some of these cases, it's a matter of, of offering support and other ideas and, and helping carry the load for the leaders of the organization. Other cases, it's a matter of trustees and uh, in oversight to make sure that uh, that everything's being done according to the bylaws or according to whatever is agreed upon. So it's a, it's a combination of things. And for me, it's more of a matter of sitting down and saying, how can I help? I attend the meetings, and I listen to what the issues are, and I contribute my opinion and, and help in any way I can.
1: So in all the different boards you're involved in, um, is there any one um, I, yeah. one idea that goes through all boards that board members have to take care of?
2: You know, I, I think that there's the area of overlap is uh, is mostly idea sharing and brainstorming. Probably.
1: Yeah, you know, you're just so nice. Without beating around the bush, what I meant to say is oh, sorry. that most board me- most boards are there because the organization needs money.
2: Uh, oh.
1: And and actually, the the overall rules of boards is their response They are responsible
2: or expected, or yeah. Right.
1: Forget about besides that, they have to. Generally speaking, when you're on a board, there's a there's a minimum donation that a board member must give. Which again. Larger, more important organizations have an easier time with that. Smaller organizations are so desperate sometimes for board members. They're not as— Right, they can
2: bend the rules a little bit, right? Which they're not supposed to because right. that
1: hurts right. your fundraising. But board members are supposed to really make sure that the, that the organization um, is on stable financial grounds. Right. I mean, other ideas, depending on the organization, they have different programs they want to run and have board members help. But at the end of the day, we have a dinner help us raise money and who better than somebody that cares about the organization for sure so uh so but why do you want to be on a board
2: because i'm needed i guess you know i've been very blessed and i uh, and i and i want to give back and uh and it's it, it's funny once you pointed it out that i uh, that i neglected to to bring that aspect to light but um I, uh, I I try to be supportive of, of these organizations, regardless of board affiliation. And uh, and when when asked, I say, well, if you need me, then then I'll I'll come. I, I'm in no position to say no. I, I've been gifted with a, a re, with an ability and a resource and some sechel and and uh, and I and I feel that uh, Shem expects me to share with these organizations.
1: Um, he does. Right. And it's it's a. Um you know, it, it, it's almost always that way, that I, board members are generally people that are successful. Their businesses are moving along that they don't need to be putting in 24 hours a day into their business because first got to take care of, we'll support our family, ourselves. But as we establish ourselves and we have the wherewithal, right. that's when people are ready to start giving back. Right. And that's it's, a, it's important. It's a beautiful thing. It's important. And, uh, and yeah, look, I, I myself have an organization. Not my organization. I'm, everybody knows. I'm a teacher, and, yeshiva and we have our own boards, and we go through our own fundraising. And this is what organizations need. I was on the phone on the way in with, uh, with someone who had a, an interesting thought. I'll share the thought with you. He had a program that he was helping, not in my school. It was a different school. He had a program where he was helping Jewish children... Um, raise some funds and he would match the funds and then he would go ahead and help them decide who and how the money should be given out. Now he wanted to get them used to being charitable. Right. I think it was eighth graders. <laughs> well the school turned and decided they liked the program but they wanted to go in a different direction. So they actually went from helping a group and it's a Jewish school. Now they went from helping a group of Jewish organizations. And they decided they wanted to help um, inner-city schools, which again is also charitable. The idea of being charitable, the idea of helping those in need. But it, it troubled him that all these children. His goal, his plan was to help them learn about the Jewish organizations in town, and then the the school took that program and that idea, changed directions, and changed it, which just means that he's going to use his funds. In a, another organization, but all, all, all good stuff. So, with very little time left, so I know one of the organizations you're involved in is, uh, is Yad Ezra. Just once you're sitting here for maybe a minute, what is Yad Ezra? What do they do?
2: Yad Ezra provides uh, feeds the hungry. I mean, in uh, in a nutshell, um, they, they, uh, there's a statistic that you know one in six people isn't uh, isn't having their nutritional needs uh, needs met. Properly, and uh, Yad Ezra provides uh, not only food but kosher food to uh, to hungry people throughout the the uh, southeastern Michigan area.
1: Cool. So that's that's the Yad Ezra. And we were talking. I don't know if we'll finish it uh, before my break. I have about a minute. But you said actually that it's. I mean, you are Yad Ezra is a very amazing, successful organization. So successful that you're becoming international, yes. or you're hoping so, to.
2: So it seems, and uh, and, uh, and and I'm perhaps not in a position to be a spokesperson about it, but I am serving on a committee for this uh, the Polish Pantry Project, and Yad uh, Ezra is in the process right now of trying to uh, help uh, the Chief Rabbi of Warsaw put together a kosher food pantry for the uh, for the Jewish and uh, and the righteous Gentiles in the Warsaw area.
1: Yes, that's that's just it's beautiful. That it was you. Yeah, as we created an organization, a successful organization, why not share the wealth? We right. have the and knowledge. We know what to do. Um, try we to have duplicate a system. it. Yeah, let's, I mean, hello, that's what uh, Starbucks, McDonald's, right? That's what uh, we all do when we find a successful way of doing things. We continue. And I think my time is just about running out. Um, it will be in a second. So Speaking
2: of continue.
1: So we will be continuing. We'll be back after the break. But now that we know who Sandy Rosen is, we found out what he does. When we come back after the break, we got to talk Jacob, Ace of their birth, their uh, fighting as all children like to fight, but their fighting was a different kind of fighting. We're going to get into all that as soon as we come back. So hold through the break and we'll be right back.
0: Maple Lane Golf Club is a 54-hole golfing treasure located in the heart of Sterling Heights. Maple Lane Golf Club offers immaculate greens, a top-flight pro shop, and inexpensive green fees. For convenience, book your tee time online at maplelanegolf.com. Come out and enjoy a great golf experience. Try our 9 and Dine special, 9 Holes of Golf, and enjoy food and refreshments in the Clubhouse Bistro. That's Maple Lane Golf Club in Sterling Heights. Check us out at MapleLaneGolf.com. Advertising
1: your business these days can be challenging. Traditional radio and TV ads are expensive and, frankly, a bit of a crapshoot. Not to mention, the audience for over-the-air material is shrinking
2: as more and more of us demand to see and hear what we want, when we want. Advertising on new radio media is a solution. With our live streaming programs that are also available on demand, your message is always ready when your customers are ready to watch and listen, all for
1: a fraction of what you likely have been paying for other ads. NewRadioMedia.com. Call Buzz Van Houten at 248-939-9999 for more information.
3: Hi, I'm Art, and we're the crew at Tuffy Walled Lake. We've been in Walled Lake for 20 years. And through our knowledgeable staff and customer satisfaction, we become quite the cornerstone in our community and to our discerning customers statewide. We know how important your vehicle is to you, and we take pride in our impeccable, affordable service. And we're trying to get you back on the road as quickly and safely as we possibly can. Please stop in and see why everybody comes from all over to get their car serviced at 784 North Pontiac Trail in Wild Lake.
2: Yeah, what's up? This is your boy, Walter Jones,
1: also known as Zach, the original Black Ranger. And you are geeking out with Geek Tame Weekly at New Radio Media. It's not the time. Life I've been waiting for, I've been for, for the people to say that we don't want And we're more, back, them and them I'm them more, joined and more, with Sandy Rosen. And as we said, we learned... Well, we talked a little bit about board, board membership, uh, why people should be on boards, some of the things boards do, uh, but now we got to get into the Torah portion.
2: But then we got bored.
1: Then we got bored. Yeah, board members, I actually just saw an advertisement of, I didn't follow through on it, but some type of uh, food planners that they prepare so board members shouldn't be bored. Yeah. Huh? And to keep them awake and uh, pay attention to the conversation, uh, I have no idea. Anyways. So in this week's Torah portion, we find Isaac and Rebecca childless at the very beginning for a few verses, and they will pray to have children. They actually will pray for 10 years, and then Rebecca becomes pregnant. However, something strange seems to be going on. The, she feels fighting inside her stomach, which again, any lady who's been pregnant with twins can tell you, or even not twins— that sometimes is not so comfortable um, with that child. So, But Rebecca understood something very unusual is happening, and some commentaries actually explain when she would walk by a, an idol house, so it would feel like one of the—she didn't know they were twins. It would feel like the, the child was trying to get out, and then she passed by the, by the Torah school, and again, the child's trying to get out. So she's thinking, like, what kind of crazy kid is this? Like, you want to do idols? Do idols. You want to study Torah? Do Torah. What's both? Like, you're all confused. So interesting enough, she does not ask her husband what's going on. He's a prophet. Instead, she goes to the prophet by the name of Shem. Shem is Noah's son. So there's Shem and Shem's son is Aver. Those two have the Torah school. There's not too many students in that Torah school, by the way.
2: Not too much Torah either.
1: Not too much Torah either. Just a handful of people that studied about what God wanted. Isaac, his son Jacob. I mean, it's maybe Aesop had to go to school. I'm not sure how happy he was. So she um, she goes to Shem and says, what gives? So she gets a prophecy. That The first one, she finds out there's twins. And she's told, one will be righteous, one will be wicked, which in itself is an interesting thing to think about. That means a little bit certain tendencies are preordained. That's problematic. Um, She's told, neither, you'll never have both are great. One will be up, one will be down, sort of like a seesaw. And uh, the younger one will serve the older one. So she's got all the information. And therefore, she will know right away that Jacob is going to be the righteous one. First of all, she can see it as a mother. And he's also the younger one. So that was the prophecy. She does not repeat the prophecy to her husband, Isaac. She doesn't say a word. First of all, there's a rule that if you're a prophet and I get a private prophecy myself, if God wanted you to know, he would tell you. If God doesn't tell you, then it's not for you to know. And that becomes the setup. The two children are born. Rebecca, it says, loves Jacob, he's the studious one. Isaac is the hunter.
2: He's uh,
1: Asa. Asa, what I say? Isaac. Thank you. Asa is the hunter. He's hunting food. He's always bringing back delicacies for his father. He's a, more of a man of the world. And it says Isaac loves Asa, and Rebecca loves Jacob. Now remember, Rebecca has the knowledge, and Isaac doesn't. And there's all kinds of commentaries and discussions. Maybe we'll get back into it. Of, why, of, of how Isaac doesn't know that Asav is wicked. You know, as if he's great, and he is great. Isaac is one of the forefathers. You would think he should be able to see right through you know, what Asaph is trying to do. But it seems throughout, the to- throughout this Torah portion that Asav can pull the wool, so to speak, over Isaac's eyes. Which, by the way, is your middle name. You told me Isaac. Right. Very nice name. My name is not Isaac or Abraham or Jacob, but that's okay. Jacobson. Close oh, yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah, we could take that. Ben Yakov. Ben- yeah, well, if I would live in Israel, I'm sure that would be how the name would get changed. But Jacobson, you know, we always wondered, what's the J? That's Jacobson. It's, in Hebrew, it's a Y sound.
2: It's Yakov. Right.
1: right. Where did Jacob come from? So I asked my great aunt, she it's well, not alive anymore, she knew the stories. It seems in either Russian or Polish, the J letter makes a Y sound. So in Poland, you spell it with a J. When you come to Ellis Island and you write your name as with a J, yeah,
2: Colf, right?
1: so it's pronounced Jacobson. Hence, fascinating. Jacobson it is. So um that's that that's the children being born and each one going their way. So before I move on, comments, questions.
2: So thoughts? yeah, it seems to me that Isaac is perhaps the only one that doesn't know that a- that Asav is uh, is evil. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I've heard different uh, medrashes and things that he's uh, that he's a murderer and that he's. Yes. That, he, uh, that on, I think on uh, it was on his bar mitzvah or on the day of uh, of, of uh, Abraham's funeral. He was out killing and raping and pillaging and everything. So, yeah,
1: we'll get into that story if you like. But that, oh, sorry, that's, I didn't mean to get ahead. No, no. That's that's all good. That's true. So therefore, what, what troubles you?
2: No, it's it's just it's you. Met, you pointed out that uh, that seems as though Isaac doesn't realize that um, that Asav is the, the, who the person he really is, and is it that is he just simply unaware, or does he refuse to want to acknowledge it because he's uh, partial to him?
1: So there's an interesting thought. Um, there's a law in the Torah about bribery, but not I mean we all know about bribery. We just finished the elections. They told me everybody is not honest and everybody takes uh, whatever. So, but we don't do politics because right. who has patience for it? Well, at least not me. But um, but bribery is psychologically fascinating, and and what I mean is the Torah says no matter how great you are, if you are bribed, you cannot judge honestly. It's just not possible whether the guy gave you money or did you mm. a favor or, or, a or, gift a, or a gift or and it's not only judges it's everything in life where a friend of mine says he one time walked into maybe it was Walmart I don't know which one It's a salesman for a project for for a product so he's by the by the purchaser so you know he's he's pulling an envelope out of his briefcase now he was playing with the guy he, he never gave anything. That was his policy that you're going to buy my product because you want to buy my product, not because I gave you tickets to a ball game or to a football game or to a concert or I flew you down or I gave you something. He would never do that. But he was pretending to pull something out of his briefcase. So the perch said, oh, what's that? oh, just a little something for you. No, 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 please. We and There's a big sign and there's cameras here in the corner. Uh, we're not allowed to take anything. He says, no, it's just my computer. It's just, I don't give gifts. But but there, there's nothing, it's interesting, you know, it's in the human psyche. If you are bribed, even if you know you are bribed, you cannot um, be honest no. anymore. It's just not possible. I, I'm, I, I mean, I imagine these things happen in your business. It happens in every business. Sure. Even, I mean, again, people do it to teachers, right? And as honest as we want to be, but that real troublemaker, right, where uh, the parents said, you know, here's a little present, here's a little gift just for Hanukkah, just for the holidays, like everyone else gives you. You know, it changes a normal person's thought process. It just affects. So, of knew this. So he would constantly bring his father all the kinds of delicacies and food and steaks and venison and stuff that his father loved. The verse says it clear.
2: The way so, to a man's heart is through his stomach.
1: Yes, definitely. Even with the diet that I'm on. So, uh, <laughs> But in any case, but steak uh, is legal on my uh, on my diet. So if you want to bribe me with a steak, uh, there's what to talk about. But in any case, there's not much Isaac can do. That's one there's really a bunch of facets. There's another interesting facet to think about. Um, Rebecca came from a home of wicked idol worshippers. That the Torah says clear. Isaac grew up with a father Abraham, as religious a home as you could find. So if there's somebody in the house trying to fool Isaac, so he knows he can't fool his mother. His mother's used to people like him. Uh, you're not fooling me. I know the games you play. But Isaac's not used to that. So it is possible, according to some, is another facet to the idea. He doesn't have the
2: street smarts.
1: Right. Asaph does have the street smarts. No, and no Isaac, well, Isaac doesn't. Right, doesn't right, have, exactly. He's, he's, and, and he's, Jacob, he's so
2: innocent, he doesn't recognize the scam.
1: He does, Right. And and we'll see there's a reason why Asaph cares to fool his father. Because Isaac has the power of blessing. And Asaph wants it. And Esau, uh, the Talmud actually says, Asa was the greatest at honoring his father. And I was, to honor my mother, she sees through what I'm doing anyway, so like, why bother? But when it came to honoring a father, no one in history could do it like Esau. Now, again, he had ulterior motives. But you can't say that he wasn't honoring his father. He was really a, an expert at honoring. He did it real. He really honored his father, just he had an ulterior purpose. And that was to get to the blessings. So uh, we'll backtrack or forward. in either case. Um it actually says on the day Abraham died, so Jacob is preparing that lentil, that red lentil soup. Because uh, when a, a person is mourning, so the first meal they eat, um, we want the person to eat round things. Uh, my father passed away a little over a year ago. They serve eggs. They also have a bagel. I mean, there's no, I don't think there's anything officially what it has to be. And lentils are red. But no matzo, no matzo, it's right. not round. I got, I got you right, not yep. bread, so it's got to be it's got to be round because the poor person I mean, sorry, the person who's mourning, like, either the world goes around, people right. live, people right. are born, or he circle doesn't have a mouth, circle yeah. of life, all these different things. So, Jacob's repairing it. Asaph comes from the field, he's been murdering and pillaging and raping and all the rotten stuff he does. No wonder and, he's exhausted, yeah, he's pretty dead. And he wants, he wants, um, he wants to eat. So, Jacob says, You're hungry? No problem. Um, sell me the firstborn, that birthright, because you got it, and I could use it, and you have no use for it. So, and here comes my music, and we're going to continue this conversation when we come back right after the break. So, hold on, I'll be back with Sandy in a minute or so. So, just hold through, and we'll be right back.
3: Plus, the latest LiftMaster garage door openers and the toughest retractable screens on the market. All by the push of a button, Tarno Doors is celebrating its 50th year anniversary and is the recipient of the 2016 Subcontractor of the Year from the Home Builders Association.
1: Tarno, no
3: stores. Tarno, no stores. Hi, I'm Art, and we're the crew at Tuffy Walled Lake. We've been in Walled Lake for 20 years. And through our knowledgeable staff and customer satisfaction, we've become quite the cornerstone in our community, and to our discerning customers statewide. We know how important your vehicle is to you, and we take pride in our impeccable, affordable service. And we're trying to get you back on the road as quickly and safely as we possibly can. Please stop in and see why everybody comes from all over to get their car serviced at 784 North Pontiac Trail in Waldlake. Lake.
0: Maple Lane Golf Club is a 54-hole golfing treasure located in the heart of Sterling Heights. Maple Lane Golf Club offers immaculate greens, a top-flight pro shop, and inexpensive green fees. For convenience, book your tee time online at maplelanegolf.com. Come out and enjoy a great golf experience. Try our 9 and dine special, 9 holes of golf, and enjoy food and refreshments in the Clubhouse Bistro. That's Maple Lane Golf Club in Sterling Heights. Check us out at MapleLaneGolf.com.
3: Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm David. Join us for fun and adventure on our new show, Podquesters, where we fight through imaginary battles and pray to the dice gods for good rolls. Yes, it's an epic sleeping adventure. We try to fulfill our destinies without driving the Dungeon Master crazy. I thought that was the point. Anyways, check us out here on NewRadioMedia.com, Fridays, Podquesters.
0: See you there.
1: And we're back, trying to wrap our heads around these amazing children. Jacob, who the Jewish children, the Jewish nation will come from. Esav, who really throughout history is the nemesis of Jacob, Esav, his descendants are the ones responsible for the destruction of the Second Temple. Um, When we say that, when we when we classify or codify the exile we're in, we're in the exile of Esav. Actually, it's called Edom, which is the same name because it's from the red lentil soup. So let's uh, let's back up. So Jacob says to Esav, we were trying to do it quick before the break. So Jacob says to Esav. Um, if you want to eat, you're so hungry, I'll give you the food, you got to give me the birthright. So, again, the question is, what is the birthright, and is this a fair deal?
2: Well, it's obviously of no value to Aesop. He, uh, he Doesn't he say, uh, what what use do I have? I'm about to die anyway, right? Very good. So, I'm going to die now? If I'm dying now,
1: why does that mean the birthright has no value? It could be I'm desperate to live, so I'll oh, pay good anything.
2: Good point, good point. Well, right, so let's... Yeah, he's but he trades it for a bowl of soup. I mean, really, right. that was the only thing available. He right. probably so, could have gone to you know the local diner, you know, and got uh, got some eggs and toast for you know for a couple of shekels. Probably. Anyway, but
1: so so let's let's take it let's let's backtrack on that thought and let's uh, let's see what we can do with it. In I words, if I made it, if you were in a we don't say you, if a person is in a life threatening situation. And, uh, and the guy says, well, I have this medicine here. I have a bottle of aspirin. If you, aspirin will cure you, the bottle is worth a dollar. But since you're in a tough situation, um, I want you to write me the deed to uh, that apartment building over there. So if the person came to court two weeks later and says, come on, you know, I was under duress. You know, I had no choice. Can we just nullify that sale? What do you think would happen in a
2: regular court? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. I'm um, certainly no attorney, but I understand that duress really needs a little bit more than. Uh, I mean, the, the the person's still choosing, even though it's a difficult, you know, a choice. There's no gun to his head, but well, uh, there is a gun
1: to my head because well, if, if I you, don't have the aspirin, I'm going
2: to die. Okay, so if there's a gun to your head, then uh, certainly the court would would say no. This is not a, this is not a legitimate sale.
1: Right. So what is Jacob trying to what What is Jacob doing over here? Which is,
2: he's which, extorting the the birthright from his brother.
1: Sounds like it. So, but Asaph says that what do I need this birthright for? I'm gonna die. So the commentaries explain that Asaph says, okay, let's, while I'm dying over here of uh, exhaustion and starvation, um, what is this birthright thing? Like, what's it good for? So Jacob says, well, you know, um, the firstborn are supposed to work in the temple. Yeah, what's the rules in the temple? Well, the rules in the temple are if you're working when you're drunk, uh, there's a death penalty. And if you're, if you're uh, not taking care of being pure and you touch stuff, there's other death penalties and other punishments. And Asa says, one second. So there's a whole big spiritual religious thing. Um, I don't want it. I don't want no spiritual stuff. I don't want no religious stuff. So therefore, to Asav, the birthright, which is completely spiritual, has no value. Well, if it has it no value,
2: he didn't read the fine print, though, right? You know.
1: Well, that's sure. What's you know, if you think about it, there may not be too much in the fine print. We'll see. There may not be
2: much that a that a fr- the brachas from his father come with it, right? I ah, mean, uh, so let's he, see. He, Very kind of good. Left that little tidbit out, right? A little
1: bit, a little bit. But at least at this point, of is decided that there is absolutely no value in the birthright. Perhaps
2: it's, even negative value.
1: Maybe negative value. So then, a bowl of soup is a good deal. Right. So if a bowl of soup is a good deal, everybody's happy. Others say he gave him a full a full course meal, but again,
2: it's yeah. not much in the value. There's definitely and, some bread in there, I think, in the Torah.
1: Well, yeah, I was thinking of Seinfeld, but okay, fine. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I don't remember how the whole thing goes, but I know, what two dollars for a piece of bread, you uh, probably yeah. know better. No soup for you. Yeah, see, there you go. Um, in any case, um, we don't find Asa really complaining about the birthright, it would seem. But, we could fast forward a little bit, and um, and, As- and and we said before that Esav is looking um, for the blessing from his father. So let's say if we give an overview of the story, there's there's something missing. So Esav wants this blessing um, when his father is 122 or 123, he sends Esav off to the field to bring him back some uh, some steak. And he says, Asa, when you come back, I will give you the blessing. Rebecca is—I don't want to say eavesdropping, but she she's knows what's nearby. going on, right? Right? Whether it's uh, God told her, whether she's eavesdropping, it's not whatever a big it is—you know, yeah, probably not very big—and she calls in Jacob and says, Jacob, you got to get these blessings, and you got to pretend you're Asa because you need those blessings. Jacob doesn't want to go along at first. His mother convinces him. She makes him the food. He goes in. He pretends he's Esau. He gets the blessings. He leaves. Esau comes in. Isaac says, Hello, I just gave the blessings. Like, who is this? And Esau says, It's me. And my brother fooled me. And it's the second time he tricked me. And that's why he gave him the name Yaakov, which means tricking. Don't you have any blessings for me? And his father doesn't have any blessings. Now we're going to fast forward a little bit more at the end of the Torah portion. When Isaac sends Jacob off, there's a whole new list of blessings
2: that... He sends Jacob? gonna send sends...
1: Isaac will send Jacob to, his, to Rebecca's family to get married. I
2: thought Rebecca sent uh, Jacob to her family. No. Okay, I'm sorry. Rebecca I'm...
1: tells Isaac, if my son Jacob is going to marry one of the girls around here, uh-huh. life has no value, send him to my family. You see, in those days, they were very into right. family to figure out who somebody should marry. So... Um, so there's obviously other blessings here, right? And right. if we look at the blessings, the first set of blessings are really um, money stuff. Fields, crops, rain, dew, that kind of stuff. That's the first set of blessings that it seems Isaac wanted uh, to give to Asav. And instead he gives it to Jacob. And then at the end, it's all kinds of spiritual stuff, the Jewish people, the land of Israel, which, which leads us to believe at least in my way of understanding Isaac knew who Esav was and Isaac knew who Jacob was Jacob is is the spiritual one he's the one studying he's got the Jewish people is coming from Jacob there is no question about that so because that blessing anyways he was holding in his pocket he had no intention to give that blessing to Jacob the only blessing he had in mind to give to Esav was the money right so so the only for,
2: thing he could really use because he wasn't interested in the rest
1: yeah, but well, that's what he. But that's what Aesop wanted. He wanted that that right. that that money and power. Yeah. He wanted all that. So it's very good. So the question is: So first of all, why can't you give a blessing for two people to have money? Like, what's the big deal? You could be wealthy. You could be wealthy. Everybody be wealthy. Like, what's the big deal? Right, that's, that's a good that, question. I don't know. That's like one part of the caveat, and it's and he sort of gives that blessing to Asaph after he gives the blessing to Jacob. <laughs> And why is that blessing so important that Rebecca has to have Jacob fool Isaac? Like, what's the big deal? Right? First of all, you can have money, you can have money. We'll have money. What's the big deal? Sounds like, or, or some of the answers I've heard over the years is, and this may is really another answer to, was Asav really fooling Isaac? And it would seem Asav is not really fooling anybody. He's fooling himself to think he can fool everybody. Isaac thought, if Jacob is the spiritual one, the religious one, let him study all day long. He should be studying. He should be involved in, in spirituality and Torah and mitzvos. Let Esav go work. Make a partnership. Make a partnership. Jacob, you have no need for money because your brother Esav or the children and grandchildren, you're all going to be one big happy family. Let Esau worry about the outside world. Let Jacob worry about the spiritual world. And uh, in Isaac's mind, that was the the epitome. That would be the best possible scenario.
2: Right. Seems pretty reasonable
1: to me. And this is where Rebecca understood Esau more than Isaac. Isaac sees what kind of person Esau is. Okay, you're out in the world. You're going to work. No problem. But... You'll work with your brother. Everybody will be happy. It's a, it's a perfect scenario. And Rebecca says, Isaac, I grew up in this kind of family. These people talk. I hate to say politicians, but since the elections are over, it doesn't really matter. right? But um, everybody knows the politicians, they need to say what you want to hear. If they can convince you that this is what you want to hear and I can convince you that I will do what you want, whether they could or not once they become elected is a totally new story. They want to do it. They have good intentions. At the end of the day, you know, you get into
2: Washington, they grind you up. No problem. Sounds good. Two cars in every garage, a chicken in every pot. Right. Well, I don't. Fair?
1: Yeah, but I don't have a garage. Oh, all that's right. not well,
2: fair. Sorry. Okay. Seeing that? seeing how the world is
1: not fair anymore. In any case, um, so Rebecca uh, understands that Asav is not sharing the wealth. He, as soon as he gets the blessing for the money, he's going to take that blessing, and he will say thank you very much. It's been nice knowing you. I am done. I am not helping my brother Jacob. So this type of blessing of money, this type of support, Jacob needed that blessing. Rebecca understood it's not happening. It's not happening that Jacob can just be spiritual and survive on the, uh, on the goodness of Asaph. It's not happening.
2: She recognized that Isaac was being an idealist, but not a realist
1: and they say, i don't even think that jacob that isaac thought there's such a thing as a realist
2: but yeah right well he he expected everything was going to work out he had this fantastic idea that they're they're going to live together in peace and one's going to look after the other and everything like that but uh, but rebecca saw that that's just not going to happen not going to happen so therefore rebecca must act act right have
1: jacob fool his father and what's fascinating is once jacob gets the blessings and then Asaph comes in and, you know, Asa, I mean, why can't Isaac say, hello, you fooled me. Right. No one said no backsies. I'm taking the blessing away from you, Jacob. You fooled me. I'm giving it to your brother. Somehow, I guess Isaac's eyes were opened up. And you know, I was once Jacob tricks him. So the, all the pieces in the puzzle fit, right? You know, maybe I've been a fool thinking that Asaph is going to take care of his brother.
2: Suddenly it all makes sense. Suddenly
1: it all makes sense. My wife has figured it out, and she did it in such a smart way that uh, she let me give the blessing. She wants me to finally, as we say, because it's cappuccino day, wake up and smell it, a coffee. And, uh, and so they're... now that
2: he understands, there's no reason for him to go backsy's.
1: And he's not going to go backsy's? So he will give certain blessings. Asa will, will live on his sword, and he'll also have money, and he'll also have stuff. But it is interesting, historically, um, when Jacob or the Jewish people were in charge, then uh, Asa's family knew to be second fiddle. And when Asa's family took charge, Jacob's family is supposed to know to take second fiddle. Whether they like it, whether they don't like it, that's just really our history, as long as we're going to be in Exile. And why do I think I have 12 seconds left? I have a minute and 12 seconds left. We have one minute. If you want, you can shoot a quick question and we'll see if we have time for it.
2: Oh, you're putting the pressure on here. The
1: pressure is on. Only so, oh, that extra minute. Uh,
2: so, uh, w- at what point did. Uh, did uh, Jacob run off to go live? Didn't he at first go to study Torah or go off to the uh, to Yeshiva before going to live with his relatives?
1: Yes. So what happens is at the end of this Torah portion, Isaac will call Jacob in because he, he doesn't know that Ace wants to kill him. But he does know he needs to go to family. So Isaac sends Jacob and says, says Jacob, you're going to go to my family. You'll get married. On the way there, Jacob takes a detour. And he wants to study Torah for a little bit longer, so he's all prepared to study to uh, to hang out with Uncle Lovan. You know what's interesting is it was a very long detour. It was why am I why am I drawing a blank? Was it 14 years? I think it was 14 years. 14 years, 16 years. But here comes my music again. So we're gonna be right back. When we come back, we're gonna be joined by Avyonsin. Uh, Goldson of Ethical Imperatives and we'll wrap everything up with Sandy hold through the break we're going to be right back
3: at Murray's Part City we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online but don't take it from me just listen to what our customers have to say
0: the employees at Murray's are knowledgeable courteous
3: they make you feel like you're at home
0: Pick up a can of seafoam fuel system treatment for only $6.99 or a five-quart container of Mobile One motor oil for just $28.95. Murray's Parts City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Wald Lake.
3: We've got the parts you need when you need them. Do you want to see things
0: like this? Did you just say you died? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, technically. Or maybe even something like this. We'll do nothing but destroy your corpses and burn them all for my dogs. Your dogs are gone. And sometimes, a little of this. We need to have a talk. <laughs> <Yeah. call. laughs> I take my axe and I smash it. No! <laughs>
3: and check out Podquesters, the show where we tackle ghoulish goblins, fiendish foes, and dangerous drakes. Oh, like the singer? No, the dragon creature. Uh... Anyways, Podquesters, Fridays, only on NewRadioMedia.com.
1: Welcome back to Who's Got Chutzpah? I'm your host, Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson. and are you ready? Uh... Andy. What holiday is this associated with? Oh boy, uh, uh. Sukkot? I'm sorry, that's not the answer we were looking for. Whitney, for the win, can you tell us which holiday is this? Ab- I know, Shavuot. No, I'm sorry. I've got the answer. ta What? My show, Let's Talk Torah, where we talk Torah, holidays, faith, and all the things that help us live our life. That's Let's Talk Dora, Thursdays at 3 p.m. on newradiomedia.com. That's pretty good. I like pulled in Trying to be thankful for my blessings, yeah. It's like I never learned my lesson, yeah. And we're back. And I hope if you are listening during the break, that's my new promo. I am not sure, Sandy, why I play my own promo on my own show. If you're listening to me, then you you know me. You don't need my promo. But anyways, it's quite entertaining. Brand
2: reinforcement.
1: Brand reinforcement. There must be something uh, very important. And for some strange reason, we are having difficulty with Rabbi Jonas and Goldson. Now, wouldn't it be funny... If, no, my wife called me. Why does my wife always call me during my show?
2: Maybe she has a question.
1: She should call in on the number. She has to call in on the real number. She can't call in on my number. So I don't see... Sometimes we get confused with the hours. They're working on on Rabbi Jonas and Goldstein. When they find him, or when he um, comes up for air, we'll find out. So while we're waiting, we're going to move along with my... uh, Every week, we have a letter and a word of the week. So if... If Kelsey is ready, we're going to put up that poster. So as you can see, Sandy, right behind me, um, there's a poster, right? See, it's right, it's like here, I think. Right. But in any case, um, uh, so this week's letter is the letter Resh. Resh is really towards the end of the Hebrew alphabet, a very simple, um, what does it look like in English? I mean, it's almost like a, a, an inverted L with a curve on top. Mm-hmm. So, raish has a numerical value of... It's like an upside-down J. Oh, very good. Right. uh, It's much closer to an upside-down capital J. Very good. Thank you. See, that was helpful. Um, It makes an R sound, which is fascinating, because whatever country you live in, however they pronounce the R, that is um, how they pronounce a raish. So, in America, the R is a much harder... Unless you're from New York. But the R is a much harder R sound... If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. He may not be there. Okay, so um, Rabbi Yonason, I'm sorry we're missing you. Don't know what happened. I hope we have the right phone number, which doesn't make sense. Of course we have the right phone number. But uh, if you're out there, call us, 844-999-9249, and I'll slide you right in. But in any case, um, the race has that R sound. If you're from Mexico, the R is much more of a rolling R sound. So that's it's interesting. Whatever country you live in seems to be how that letter gets pronounced. So its numerical value is 200. And, um, and the word I wanted this week was reyach. Have you ever heard of the word reyach?
2: I, I may have. You may is have. It, uh, odor, scent, smell. So, Very good. Uh, something you like are that.
1: good. Yes, it's, it's actually from smell. Reyach is smell. By sacrifices, we talk about a reach nichoach, a pleasant smell, and it actually fits in with this Torah portion. Because it says when Jacob entered Isaac's room to get the blessing, he um, he had the smell of the Garden of Eden flowing in with him. Whatever that smell is, some say he had a smell of an apple orchard. So he smelled good. When his father smelled, he said that's all part of it, it was all psychological. When he says, okay, here's," I'm obviously doing the right thing, giving Jacob the blessing. And when Asaph comes in, he actually has a horrible smell that comes. It's obviously all spiritual, right? Yeah. So he smells. Well, he just
2: slaughtered a God, uh, some steer or something. Well, I, but if probably. he
1: knows how to take care of his father, I'm sure he um, he took a bath before he walked in. Okay. No, so it's a spiritual, horrible smell. It says he smelled like Gehenna or like hell. Right. I don't know what that smells like. I have no idea.
2: I would guess it would not be as nice as the Garden of Eden.
1: Not be as nice as, no, it's still my wife calling. I can't pick up her phone call. I thought it might be Rabbi Goldson telling me why we got a problem, but it's not. So clearly my wife is not listening right now. Mm.
2: I could say whatever I want. You know, maybe she didn't fall back last weekend when the time changed. Yeah, we had that problem for something else. We got confused with the time. It's possible,
1: but um, I will obviously speak to her later. Um, but in any case, um, so he comes in with a horrible, so that's my word, that's my idea of, of smells. Smell like hell. Yeah, see? So, therefore, he got the picture. So, as we're winding down, I do have a story to end with, if we have time, um, anything else you wanted to leave us with, idea, question, because we got a couple minutes. So, there's no connection between reach and ruach. Actually, it's interesting, uh, Rabbi Samson Raphael Hurst says that every Jewish word, has a three-letter root. Right. The first letter is the most important. Then you have the second letter, and then the third letter somehow just uh, changes it. So, reach and ruach are both going to be very similar meaning words.
2: So, so they have for the example, same first and last letter.
1: Well, again, it has first and last letter, and the difference of a yud and a vav. They're so similar. Right. So, ruach means spirit right. or wind, and smell. We know what smell is. It's possible the reason why they're similar is because you can't touch either of them. And the smell is just stuff that's in the air. It's just, it's, it's out there. And the wind, you can't touch the wind or something spiritual. You can't touch something spiritual. So both the word reyach and ruach are similar. And let's take it a step further once you, you know, you jingled some of the stuff in the brain. Um, after the Sabbath, we have what's called the Havdalah program, and we sort of, uh, we say, okay, Sabbath is over, now it's weekday, and we'll make a blessing on wine, on, on something that smells like a spice, and then on a candle. So what's interesting is, why are we having an, a good smell? So it says that the, the, on the Sabbath, every Jew gets a second soul. Like, it's called the Neshama Yaseira. They say, so you can eat more. So the complaint always is, by the way, it's not fair. So I eat more on the Sabbath, uh-huh. the soul leaves, doesn't take the food with him, which is really quite unfair. But in any case, we, have, we, we try to smell something pleasant so we don't feel so sad that we lost our spirit. So actually, re'ach, which means smell, and ruach, which means spirit or air or wind, are actually two extremely similar words. And here comes the music. So I have to say goodbye to everyone. Sandy, I appreciate so much you came, I had and fun. oh, good. Then we're gonna do it again. Oh, and yeah, don't worry, it was excellent. So thank you again, to all my wonderful sponsors and listeners. You know, I couldn't do it without you. Thank you again to my wonderful production team: Tony, Kelsey, Alyssa, Angel. I think is back there somewhere. I hope I've left you with yes, he is. I hope I've left you with some food for thought. Until next week, I'm Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk to Our New Radio Media, and until next week, don't forget to think about it.